Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Zach? Michelle. Do you know Michelle what? Wittrup. Do you know what I really, really love about 2009? <laughs> I can't wait to hear what you love about 2009. I really like uh, going outside. I think that's really Do nice. You? Yeah, I think it's just a really like... Living in 2009 with you and with all my loved ones and friends, family, all of that, um, I think it's sometimes just really nice to just stop and go, isn't it really great that we can go outside? You know what I mean? That's a really odd thing to know. I know. I just, I know. I'm just having a reflective moment about how lucky we all are to, you know, just be able to to yeah, go for a walk um, with groups of three, um, to hand something to somebody else. I think that's always really lovely. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think it's always really nice to just, you know, just even like get your hair cut without a, without a guilt feeling. Like how nice is that? I don't understand why you would note these things. If, if you are just tuning in for the first time um, to our podcast, um, uh, the year is 2009. The biggest show on Australian television is MasterChef season one or the only season. Uh, my name is Zachary Ruane. This is uh, my dear friend, Mish Wittrup. Uh, and this is a recaps podcast. What we do here is we recap, um, half a week at a time of MasterChef Australia season one in real time because the year is 2009. If you have just tuned in now and you've never listened to our podcast before, we're mm. about, I would say, two-thirds of the way through season one of MasterChef, although you would know that because you are also watching it like we are live on Channel 10 every night in 2009. Like millions of Australians. Exactly. The millions of Australians that are tuning in every night. If you are just tuning in, this is the first time you've listened to our podcast, I would recommend going back, not to episode one. Don't go back to episode shaky. one. <laughs> Do not go back go to, to like episode three. Is that what we That's when say? The f- Honor Wolf came on at episode three. And yeah, I great. feel like she really set the bar. She picked us up. She yeah. got us on track. Yeah. Um, we, we are always better with a common enemy, which is how we treat our guests. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so if, if you are just tuning in, I would say it's probably a good idea to go back to episode three um, or one, but just don't, don't. Oh, but come on, don't Zach. Assume that one what do you, the level what do you think? You think doing. people have the time in their day to just listen to hours of a podcast? People don't have I mean, that kind 2009, of. It's two thousand and nine. It's two thousand and nine. People got a commute. People don't have that trams. kind of day. Yeah, that kind of time of the day. They have to. Yeah, exactly. Commute on trams. They have to get into Ubers with five people. You know what I mean? They've got a. They've got a. I don't think Uber exists. Oh, a taxi. Cool. I'm so sorry. A taxi. <laughs> um, they've got a. They've got a. They've got to go to events of three or more people. They have to go visit their nan. They've, they've all got to they've go. They've got to go visit their nan. They have to go visit their nan. Give her kisses. Yeah, you have. They, do you have any idea how many people have to be, you know, hugging their sick friends right now? They don't have time. They're too busy. They're too busy touching their faces. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's exactly right. They're way too busy not buying sanitizer to to just. I mean, listen they're, to they're so busy. They're so busy, Mish. They're so busy that I mean, they don't have time to wash their hands for for for. A, le- a long period of time, no. let alone, let alone listen to our podcast. But I would recommend it because yeah, we've got sure. like running jokes. If for stuff. whatever reason at some point within the next 10 to 11 years, you find yourself having a lot of spare time, like a lot of spare time, like potentially three to 18 months of spare time, maybe mm-hmm. then consider listening to the entirety of our podcast minus episodes one and two. Or listen to one and two, but just like stick with it. Yeah, listen to it's one like, and two um, with the full knowledge that it gets better. It does like get watching, better. It's like binge. 
It gets better. <laughs> it gets better. That's, that's that, that sounds good, but that's about. good, isn't it? That's a nice. That's got a nice ring good, to it. Yeah. It gets better. That's a, good, <laughs> that's a really nice a ring good, to nice it. Nice ring to it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the thing I would say as well, if you're listening from episode one, it's like, have you ever binge watched a television show on DVD? Uh, yes, I have. I've been binge watched uh, season three of Buffy the Vampire Slayer before. Yeah, I, I yeah. binge watched. Um, the best sitcom that ever there was, um, Friends. Yeah. Oh, I've binge watched Scrubs before. Scrubs. Scrubs is smart. Yeah, that's not. It's a really smart show. It's very smart. Um, <laughs> it's a very smart show. <laughs> um, I forget that um, Arrested Development existed, Seinfeld existed, shows existed that were better than Friends in two thousand and nine. <laughs> I don't know where that joke's coming from. Um, Yeah, but if you are just tuning in as well, I don't know how to talk about this, Mish, um, because um, people may feel like we've taken three months off. What? So someone might might be a regular listener and they may feel like we took three months off the podcast because I was overseas. Well, if they feel like that. That's definitely yeah. their problem because we are reviewing because a live television show. Like, so, what do you so mean? If you think that we took podcast, three months off, if you think we took three months off, um, you need to, you need some, I think you need to look inward and think, why does it feel like that? Because I because def- he's the Zach, did yeah, you take three last, months off? No, I didn't because I, I, I was watching earlier this week, I was watching the Hong Kong episode. Yeah. Hong Kong week of MasterChef and we're going to wrap up Hong Kong week of MasterChef now exactly. uh, half a week later. We're, we're, yeah, we reviewed one half of a week. We're about to review the second half of a week. That's not three months. That's a matter of days. You know what I mean? And I remember all the details yeah. of the last podcast and because I mean, this isn't three months later. Obviously, if we had taken three mon- months off, we'd be doing something like, I don't know, explaining that, yeah, you had gone overseas and that I had moved and, you know, there were a lot of other creative projects. We would potentially maybe apologise for not being a bit better with our communication to certain listeners about when the podcast mm. was coming back. But because we didn't take three months off, there's no need for us to do any of that. Of course, and of course, I think if we did take three months off, people would understand that it was because it was a lot of effort to work out how to record a podcast remotely. Uh, if I was overseas, the idea of, of getting a microphone, of, of, of um, doing a podcast over a Skype-type system, yeah. it's very complicated and hard to work out. And we were just like, let's just wait until we're back in the same country because there's not going to be a situation mm. where we would have to then still work out all of those logistics anyway. <laughs> um, it would take a global pandemic for us to have to end up That's working out something Absolutely. Like it's crazy talk there, Zach. But again, that's all stuff that we would say if we had taken three months off, which we haven't. And I've got to say, Mish... Mish we have not taken three months. Yeah, we haven't taken three months off. We didn't it's do good it. Good to be in the studio with you. Yeah, and that last thing you said, there, like about a global pandemic, madness, absolute madness. What, madness. Like, what is this? Two th- like 1997's outbreak, yeah. starring Morgan Freeman. <laughs> That's the stuff of fiction. Yeah. So um, let's not worry about any of those things. Um, yeah. If, no, let's it, let's just launch right in. I yeah, say. like like we do every. Because Every week, yeah, like we every do every week. week, every half. And I got to say, Mish, it's great to be back in the studio with you. It's great to be less than a meter and a half away from you. Yeah, um, it's two thousand and nine. Yeah, we're not doing this over Zoom. Zoom doesn't exist. No, um, I, and I'd like to say how nice it is to be in the same room as you. I'm really enjoying mm-hmm. cutting your hair for longer than half an hour. Um, mm-hmm. I'm really mm-hmm. enjoying, you know, like just holding hands with you and mm-hmm. like spitting on you. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, and can I just say how good's K Rudd? He really, I, I I don't know I don't know if how if he handled that um, financial recession the right way. I don't think there'll ever be a way to judge. I don't think we're going to encounter something similar for many many no, decades to come. Not at all. Not at all. I um, think that K Rudd, I, K. Rudd just, really deserves a holiday. If we're being honest, like a nice tropical yeah. holiday. Yeah, God. Yeah. If ever a politician were to take a holiday, I would never <laughs> <hold that against laughs> like a politician would do something like that. 
Just take a long, relaxing holiday. Anyway. But i got to say, <laughs> yeah. the libs really went him for that stimulus package. Yeah. So um, they really went at him for that idea. Mm. Um, so, uh, But, uh, you know, I don't think we'll ever be in a situation where they'll be tested with a similar thing. So um, who knows what they would do in the same situation. Surely not exactly the same, but more. Of course. Well, uh, no, it's, that's a completely fair, just thing to say. Um, right, so no. we uh, let's get jump into these eps, hey? Yeah, let's do it. Um, let's do it. So it's the second half of Hong Kong week. Um, there's no need to reflect on what happened previously because we all just watched those episodes. Um, mm-hmm. It was. Yep. It's not like I had a really hard time getting back into it again because it was only a few days. It wasn't like, you know, three months or something. So it's not like there's a, there's a, a better. More contemporary, more thrilling because we don't know who wins mm. version of MasterChef playing concurrently to us having to slodge through. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's not like just because I might miss Poe's face in season one of Australia doesn't mean that I can just like, I don't know, tune into another program that's currently playing in which her face is all over it and her cooking. Really. It's not like something like that's happened. Um, anyway. and, and can I just say, even if there was a, another version of MasterChef, say in 13 years' time, I, I imagine it, all of the contestants would have matured by then. It wouldn't just be like I, m- I imagine Poe would have learnt to develop skills in a, in a, in that sort of environment and wouldn't just freak out for two hours again. Yeah, that's really what Poe does now. I think in 12 years, I, I can't imagine a situation where Poe just freaks out for 12 hours. She would have learned for sure. And let's be completely honest, like. If, like, in a weird alternate reality, um, Poe were to return to, like, a MasterChef-esque show, kind of like, you know, I mm-hmm. don't know, MasterChef, um, and she were to have a big freak out, thank God she'd have the love and support of, like, say, George, Gary and Matt. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They're yeah. here to stay. Um, yeah. And that's the most important thing. Yeah. You know, that is truly the most important Just thing. Just note it. Like, I want, I want everyone to note that if you're having a really hard day, and you mm-hmm. are feeling really low. And if for some reason you're feeling lonely or you're feeling like, uh, yeah, you miss certain people or you, 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 you're feeling low in energy, just always remember that George is here to stay. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, George is absolutely. here to stay. And if you are feeling lonely, just get out of the house. Yeah, if you're feeling lonely, go hug a friend. Fuck. Anyway. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> yeah, what's wrong with you? Um, I also just <laughs> want to say... <laughs> anyway, let's let's uh, launch in because cool. this can't go for seven hours like um, it usually does. So uh, this particular episode is always my favourite. We all know how much I love a mystery box. But what I love particularly mm. about this mystery box challenge was it was had a cheeky Hong Kong twist. Um, um, was there was there Hong Kong natives involved? No. People that live in Hong Kong? No, not at all. Was there Asian representation? No, not at all. Um, I would even go oh, okay. as, well, I would it? even go as far to say. Um, that there weren't any super traditional uh, ingredients, you know what I mean? Yeah, um, right. But what there were, what there was, sorry, was instead of a mystery box, we had mm. big bamboo steamers that someone described wow. as an Asian bamboo steamer. And they, they great, lift yeah. the lid of the bamboo steamer and then the ingredients that would usually be in a mystery box were in fact in a bamboo steamer. Now, that's pretty creative, yeah. Absolutely. And can I say, uh, totally worth the expense of flying uh, uh, crew, competitors and judges to the other side of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, because because I, I, when I think about it, I think how could they, th- th- there is no way to have eight white people with bamboo steamers making Asian food in Australia. Yeah, <laughs> they wouldn't have been able to do that in the in the Master Chef in the in on the set in the Master Chef kitchen. They had to go to Hong Kong mm. to achieve that, and I think the, can, all well, three of these episodes really that, captured that very well. You can't just go and buy a bamboo steamer, like no, it's not that easy. It's a lot easier to buy a crate in Australia. So well, genuinely, 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 the idea of what was it? Four, five competitors and three judges. So seven, seven white people at a Marriott yeah. hotel. <laughs> the Langham, the Langham, <laughs> the Langham hotel. Yeah. Seven it's white not... people at the Langham hotel. How could they have done that without the very expensive flights to Hong Kong? <laughs> 
fuck? So um, one of my favourite, one of the things I really, really want to note is that it was absolutely, this entire week, it has been pissing down with rain. Like mm, <laughs> everything mm. they have done, it's either gale force wind or absolutely pissing down with rain. So despite the fact that you said they've clearly paid a lot of money to schlep all these people over there, um, they've gone at the cheapest season. They, they're, they're in monsoon season. Like, it's shit. They can't possibly be enjoying themselves. The weather is fucked. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah. it's, it's pissing down with rain. Um, and it's mystery box. And Gary explains to them that if you don't win, uh, if you don't win this particular mystery box... You have to go into the Hong Kong Super Challenge. Wow, yeah. Yeah, so. Which I can only imagine what that could be. How are they going to top? How are they going to top? I think I think often of that episode two or three where they were dropped off in the, in, in the middle of Sydney. Yep. And the bulk of the challenge was them getting from that location back to the MasterChef kitchen. Yeah. All within the same um, budget. They were all given a certain amount of money and that money was not only just for food but also for transport between the market and myself, the warehouse. How are they going to top that? So we'll find out. Well, we did find episode. out. And like, spoiler alert, they bloody did. Um, oh, they did. Yeah. But should I say, should, I, should we talk a little bit about the mystery box just for a moment? Um, because it was not, the, the twist was not just that it was a mystery bamboo steamer. It was also that everyone's protein was different. Yeah. So That so was a really was interesting a bit... thing as well because I think in 2009 there are definitely whispers about the importance of protein. So when we say protein, what we mean is, is like beef or chicken. Yeah. Right? So, so absolutely, and, 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 and that was part of the twist. Is every, it was a little bit unfair, though, because um, I think Chris had some succulent uh, barbecue pork, I believe. Um, oh, Julie uh, had ju- some chicken? Uh, yes, yes, or some duck. Julia? No, no, Julie had, Julia had the chicken, Justine had the duck, and uh, bloody Andre. No, Andre had the duck. Ju- Ju- Are you sure? Justine had prawns. Yeah, Justine had prawns. Julie had the duck because she learnt the duck techniques two, three days ago. That's right. Yep. Donovan Cook, someone else. But oh my god, did they throw a spanner in the works for Fedora? I know. Okay, so young Sam, who I have openly said how how much he 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 fills me with a white hot rage <laughs> that I. <laughs> I honestly, I am like, let's talk fucking real for a second. I'm mm-hmm. 30 odd, not 32. I'm, I'm 32 years old. I should be able to control myself a little bit. When I mm-hmm. watch that small boy, I am filled with a fiery disdain. <laughs> and I don't know, maybe, maybe he represents all the boys that when I was younger, I'd want to do kisses with or something and they never wanted to do kisses with me. Or maybe he represents kind of boy that kind of bullied other boys for not being like me. I don't know. Whatever it is. When no, Now, it's at the point now where no matter what he says, I'm like, you little cunt. I Like, it doesn't matter if he's like, oh, it's raining outside. I'm like, shut the fuck up. I can't handle... Like, I'm also a bit on edge at the moment. Don't ask me why. <laughs> but he... Is it because of the COVID-19 global pandemic? Yes, I think it's because of the pandemic. Um, I, do, I do genuinely believe that. I mean, sorry, the swine flu? Yeah, sorry. We're all scared flu, that yeah. the swine yeah, flu yeah, is mad, mad, cow, mad cow disease, that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's the mad cow disease. Um, but, yeah, he fills me with a fucking rage. So he was given, so basically they pulled off the lids of their steamers. Everyone was given a different protein and a variety of different Asian veg. And Sam's protein was tofu, also commonly called Mm. by Gary as tofu. Or tofu. Or tofu, yeah. Um, And Sam, of course, Sam sees it. Sam sees it and he goes, oh, oh no, I don't even like tofu. Now, if you've listened to this podcast for, for weeks, months, years, I don't know, how long we've been doing this for, almost a year now? Like, if you've been listening to this um, podcast for a while, you will know that Sam hates food. Why is he there? Mm, he, he hates no, that's very true. everything. Like, everything you put in front of him. I'm not a big you'll fan also of that. Know, you'll also know, if you've listened to this podcast, the one situation where Mish 
can't hold on to the irony of of pretending it's 2009 is when it comes to her veganism. Uh, (laughs) Because it was something I didn't consider at all when we started this podcast. I did not consider that in 2009... That this anyway, whatever. Um, Sam gets so let's uh, so I'm gonna now launch into it and you can jump on board if you want. Um, uh, obviously respecting the fact that now, in if it was 2020, uh, uh, you would be a vegan and I would respect that. And also, I would know, and everyone knows because we live in a post, we would live in a post MasterChef world that tofu is quite yummy if you if you cook it right and use yummy ingredients with it, but again. 2009. Let's bring it back. Oh my God. What's he going to do with tofu? It looked <laughs> disgusting. What is it? Is it just like a pile of paper? It, it looked like of, a pile of paper. It, it looked like some sort of, like it almost looked like phlegm. Like it was so It genuinely gross. looked like, it genuinely looked like um, someone mixed cum and gelatin. Yeah, that's exactly Made a little right. cum cube. And like, I'm sorry, like it just doesn't sound appetizing to food. Tofu, tofu, like disgusting. So in that moment, I did feel a bit sorry for Sam because. Well, it's just not fair of the judges to give him tofu when, when everyone else got real, real proteins. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's like, it's also like everyone got a protein and Sam got something that isn't, doesn't have any protein in it at all. I'm assuming. Cause look at it. It doesn't look. Yeah. Cum cube. Yeah. Cum cubes. Um, does cum have a lot of protein? I believe there was an episode of Skins where, where um, Cassie talked about it, um, where she talked about like the, the, the uh, maybe not the protein, but the fat content of cum. Oh, yeah. Mm. I, cool. love, I love Skins. I love Skins. I'm we, used to wa- we used to watch that together. We watch it now. We watch we love it, it now. now. No, we watch it next year. <laughs> we watch it next year. Yes. Um, that would be a good recap is Skins. All right. Season two. Season That's one an interesting two. one, watching Skins as though it's 2009 and we're 19. Well, it's on Stan <laughs> now. Is it? Yeah, man. What's Stan? Oh! <laughs> My mate Stan has it on DVD. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah, maybe we could get the DVDs. I think they that, sometimes do reruns on SBS. That was a fucking good save. Anyway, um, <laughs> Justine and Chris both make omelettes, so they have what is called the Battle of the Omelettes. Um, Mm -hmm, And then also George said one of my favourite quotes, which was, Justine is too worried about doing something better than someone else. Don't worry about that. Just cook. And it's like Mm. the point of the competition is to do better than somebody else. What the fuck is he talking about? Like it was just a bit weird. Still love him. Love George. Glad he'll be around forever. But like it's almost like he had to find a criticism. And so his criticism was that she was being too invested in winning yeah yeah i i i hear you Mm. and 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 it's tough to beat chris because the thing about chris can i just say something about chris just quickly of course chris of course being meat guy um chris loves nose to tail cuisine so um he's 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 got a real sense of integrity and a real sense of um he knows what it is that he wants to do with cooking absolutely um he loves nose to tail eating. He loves that style of food. Now, some people might say that he loves that type of cooking because it's what's in fashion now in 2009. Ever since um, the nose to tail was published around 2005, it was kind of it's kind of the most in vogue style of cooking right now, alongside gastro uh, gastro astronomy. Mm. Oh no, no, that's I can't remember right. what it's called. <laughs> yeah, it's somewhere there. Yeah. Gastroastronomy, <laughs> just colons floating through yeah. space. <laughs> um, yeah, some people would accuse Chris of just jumping on a trend, all right? But I don't think so. Can I say, I think that Chris is going to stick with the nose-to-tail movement for at least the next 12 years. I think that Chris is going to be a firm believer in the nose-to-tail movement. And if, say, for example, they were to do a best of MasterChef uh, season a sort of a back to win kind of scenario and if Chris doesn't win and he would have come back and his one piece of footage in the first episode of back to win would be him talking about the sort of food he likes it wouldn't be him jumping on a new trend like um 
cooking over open fires or coals, he would say, <laughs> no, I still love nose-to-tail dining because that is what Chris is. He's not a tre- jumping on trends. He's about integrity and he's about nose-to-tail dining. All that being said. And you know what? Though, I reckon he doesn't mind a water bath from time to time. I agree with you 100%. Like he wouldn't be that kind of guy. But I can also say that if he were to come back on a similar scenario like the one you've just said, a show that brings back past contestants who didn't win but are very good, or whatever. And Which is, I think, a concept that exists in 2009. It's not outrageous for us to consider that a thing. No, no, Survivors no. started doing all-stars, hasn't it? Absolutely. Um, yes. But um, I would find, I feel like if in, say, around about episode two, uh, when, let's just say, for example, Chris was requested to cook some pork in this new season that's this all-star season, and he would then to say, it makes sense that I was given the pork because, you know, I'm the meat guy. I'm almost positive that I wouldn't have a small panic attack that potentially he's heard this podcast. <laughs> because like, I'm a big fan of yours, Chris. Um, Do you think he's heard the- No, he, I he don't. I don't, guy. but there was a really small, very, very small. No one listens to this podcast. It's not. Chris doesn't listen. But there was a very small part of me that just went, oh, fuck. I'm going to get sued or something. Not sued. You probably just make him feel a bit bad. No, I don't want to make him feel bad. No, I know. Do you know that's like Hamish and Andy never tease people is because they worry that people might listen. I saw that on an interview once. Well, Hamish you know and Andy, Hamish they're, and Andy? they're starting out. They're, they're comedians that are just starting out. They don't need to worry about stuff like that. Yeah, they're just on Channel 7. Yeah. That's very, very cocky of them to say something like that, actually. Like, oh, what, you're so fucking popular that you can't say anything. Who's Hamish and Andy, really? You know what I mean? Although I have seen them on Thank God You're Here. Oh, I love Thank God You're Here. Yeah, same. It's pretty good. I love Thank God You're Here. They should sell that to America. I think that would do really well in the US. True. That concept. Mm. Um, Okay, so Chris ends up winning the mystery steamer. I mean, he's not, he, he's not surprised because he knew exactly what he was doing the whole time and he was confident. <laughs> um, so he's, he gets it. But then he's, one of the, his, uh, like, the benefits of winning is he gets to pick the teams that are going to be doing the Hong Kong Super Challenge and he kind of gives this, like, half smile and he goes, I think it would be pretty great if we did girls versus boys. And then Sam was just like, oh, that's sick, yeah. And, like, got all high-fiving and was just like, yeah, boys, you fuck, yeah. And it was – I just – I – I started to melt with rage. <laughs> well, and, and, and more than anything, like, what a ludicrous idea. Like, I, I bet the producers would have been sitting there going, why, why did we let this guy decide how the teams would go? Could you imagine? Can you imagine? If, if the, producers the producers had to say. Yeah, if the producers were to construct the teams for, like, years and years and years... Like they would ever consider doing something as small-minded and ridiculous as boys versus girls. You know what My I mean? My God. I mean, it's, it's 2009. We haven't really jumped into the third wave of feminism yet. But, but I just, I can't. Even now that seems small-minded and, and a little bit gross yeah. and uh, just a bit weird. And I, I imagine a like, lot of the producers. Even Sam was like, I looked over because while he's like hugging Andre and Chris and like patting their backs and like making sure everyone knows that he's a, a guy. Um, yeah, he's a boy. That he has a penis. Like can, he just wants to make sure everyone I can knows. Tell from his big deep voice. Yeah. <laughs> and he's just like, he might as well just have, just have said, I've got a dick. Like he honestly just wants everyone to know he has a penis. He then was like, I looked mm. over at the girls and they looked pretty worried. They didn't look worried. They looked genuinely disgusted. <laughs> In in how they were the guys were acting. <laughs> they just looked like they were definitely above whatever was going on there. It was just silly. Well, it was very awkward and I think, you know, I, I think that maybe the producers will have a, a quick chat with Chris in future. And, and I really just think we're never going to see something like that again. We're never going to see a girls versus boys again. I think they're going to put some things in place to make sure that doesn't happen. Absolutely. It's silly. Um, um, but yeah. Chris also is like, I'm really glad I won because I'd much prefer to be sitting at the Langham by the pool, getting a massage and enjoying myself and doing the, you know, Hong Kong super challenge. And it's like, it's, it's monsoon season. Can't you are not by the pool. <laughs> like You're just not like, 
I in really fact, just can't fact, wait I to think... sit by the pool at the Langham. And then they use some stock footage of the Langham. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A cop driver what they used in 2009. Yeah, no, they had to use helicopters the back then. <laughs> now. Yeah. Couldn't get a drone over <laughs> the lake. stock footage of like beautiful women in bikinis lounging by a pool and Chris being like, I can't wait to hang out at the pool. It's like, it's pissing down with rain. Um, anyway. I, um, I, I, uh, and then I, I think that's a good place to jump to the next episode, which again opened with Chris being like, I'm very excited. I'm very excited about um, not having to uh, compete. So I get to do the things I enjoy. And then they show footage of him sitting on a bed, <laughs> sitting on a bed, drinking a beer yeah. and reading a book about meat. <laughs> not eating meat, not cooking meat, reading a book with a big picture of meat. So I get to just read, read a meat book. If we were to tell our listeners, draw a picture of what you think Chris looks like, that's, what's, that's what he's doing. He's just yeah. sitting on a bed in a stupid hat, drinking a beer and reading a book about meat. <laughs> I get to just do the things I love. Um, so anyway, um, the Hong Kong Super Challenge is essentially very similar to like what Zach said. At the yeah, start no, of I, do, I do just want to say, I do just want to say, yeah. How are they going to top? How are they going to, as I said, how are they going to top that season two episode where they had to get from point A to point B and get the ingredients on the way. Well, how did they do it, Mish? I reckon they did it by doing the exact same thing. But now... But now in Hong Kong. In Hong Kong. Um, So basically they have to... um, They get given a budget. They have to run off down to the markets, the wet markets. Uh, They have to stock up on all the ingredients for the very, very particular dishes that they have to cook. So they're told what they have to cook. Um, mm. They cook those and then they come back to like some sort of master chef home ground, like I don't know what, a warehouse in Hong Kong though. Um, so I don't know, some, something uh, No, really just a kitchen. This is the other thing. So glad they spent all that money to go to um, Hong Kong so they could shoot in like small confined kitchens with a big whirring sound. Yeah. So the sound design was just fucked. <laughs> so funny. Um, so basically the two teams set off. Justin and uh, Julie Goodwin get to the wet markets first um, and then they... So, and, well, and a wet market sounds like a wonderful place, I just want to say. I love the sound of this wet market, basically where they sell live animals. They have them all all in the one place together. Yeah. Um, I'd never heard of a wet market before before watching this episode. Yeah, I know. And in 2009, I want to go. I I, well, I'm just going to say I love the sound of these wet markets. I think uh, more wet markets. Yeah. Um, it sounds like a wonderful idea and... and they're going to be big. Um, I can't. They're going to be big. And I think, I think, I think, let me just say, after s- discovering the idea of a wet market and then watching a wet market um, on MasterChef, if within the next 12, if by the year 2020, everyone in the world doesn't know what a wet market is, I would be very surprised. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> True. I was, I was looking at that wet market and I thought, we're all going to be aware of wet markets soon enough. Um, I think it was like, I don't know, it would have been the first half of this week actually, so not that long ago, like a few days. We've been, we haven't taken three months off. Um, I did a comparison of a wet market to my vagina when I look at George and that's what makes oh, me. Oh, yes. Yeah. Remember? Yeah, we were talking about wet markets. I've, I've forgotten how much we talked about wet markets three days ago. Yeah. We love wet markets. We love wet markets. <laughs> Zach and I are really <laughs> fucking into wet markets, us. man. We here, we here at Recaps with Mission and Zach love wet markets. Put that on the record. So that's good. a quote. Um, I love wet markets. Basically, the first 20 minutes of this episode was just watching Sam and Andre get really, really mad at the locals for not speaking English. <laughs> And um, Justine being a little bit patronising. Yeah. Hello, I would like some pig, please. Yeah. Corn flour, corn, corn 
flour? Do this you like, sell corn flour? And they just, they looked at her like she was a a patronising bitch. And then she just went, oh, they don't understand. I'm like, they probably do. <laughs> they just hate you. Like, they, prob- they speak really good English they in Hong Kong. They speak really good English. I, uh, the um, other layer I loved as well is when they're on the top of the hill and they were like, you have to make your way back to the Langham Hotel with nothing but a thousand Hong Kong dollars and a map. I was like, that's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, they were just doing it. You have to find your own way back. And you know what? We're only going to give you a map to do it. <laughs> that's all I need. That, yes, thank you. <laughs> yeah, that's great. That's um, a good tool to use. So basically they all have to purchase scallops, baby pig, something called baby ginger. I don't fucking know. They all get back to the kitchen. Justine and Julie get mm-hmm. there first. They go and purchase these dead pigs, giant dead pigs, and, like, we've got to make them crispy so that, like, in their own teams, they're doing their whatever. It's all very, very shit. Um, There's one point where when they buy something, a man uses an abacus and then puts it into a calculator to show them the price, and they talk about it like... Um, they talk about it like your bogan auntie that's just come back from from, <laughs> yeah. from Hong Kong. So there was this one guy, yeah. he used an app because I thought maybe he can't afford a calculator, but then he had a calculator to show us the price. Oh, silly people from different culture. And they left that in. <laughs> <laughs> they did. I remember watching that bit and I'm just like, oh, God, like you did, you left it in, didn't you? That yeah. blatant, <laughs> it's like a bogan auntie. Oh, that's very funny. Um, uh, uh, then, uh, yeah, they make the pig. They make the pig. They make the. Um, they make all the dishes. Um, uh, I think we can just sort of jump to the tasting here. Is yeah, that so they say? make all the they make all the dishes. First up is a scallop, um, which and celery thing and celery and oh, um. The boys did it, and I think it was might have been Matt that said that they'd cut the celery a very Western way, and he didn't mm-hmm. like that. So, um, so the if they're going to learn anything, if they're going to learn anything, yeah. So if those two white boys are going to learn anything while they, you know, spend the next couple of days in Hong Kong, I hope it's how to how to chop celery, like in an Eastern way. <laughs> I, I I love in the in the masterclass that we'll sort of get to. They go, we learnt so much about Asian cooking. I'm like, from Matt. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck? Or like, guys, um, we're, like, I, it's so awesome that we learned so many traditional, uh, you know, dishes. I can't wait to like experiment with all the traditional dishes that we made. Um, first, I want to do a fried rice. I reckon that's gonna be, that's gonna be the, that's gonna be the first traditional dish I do. Um, anyway, uh, Julie and Justine do a really good pig, but the the skin isn't crackly enough. Andre and Sam serve up the pig. It looks like shit that apparently they did a really slapdash job of presentation. But because the pig had a crispy skin, uh, when it comes to boys versus girls, boys beat out girls. Which the obviously, boys did yeah, win. Yeah. And I'm so glad it was framed in that way because um, yeah, it's a bit full on. Yeah. <laughs> I also am a big fan. Can I just say I'm also a really big fan on in all of this. Um, this the amount of times so they've they've learnt they've learnt from some of the best uh, Cantonese cooks. You know, but uh, some of the best chefs in Cantonese cuisine. They've learnt different tricks about presentation, about how to uh, set things out in a traditional Cantonese way. Um, for then the three white judges over the last two episodes to mock unrelentingly the, the presentation choices they've made. Yeah. <laughs> Why would you lay out the pig like this, you silly boys? And what's this cute little spring onion thing? <laughs> I like this. It's a bit cute. It's, <laughs> it's cute. Stupid. Um, um, but they also uh, did say what I thought was really interesting because, like, we've touched on this previously as well, like, what is a master chef? We're kind of starting to mm. understand what a master chef is. Um, but George made a point. He's like... Um, boys, I think you need to look at yourselves, look up and down at yourselves. And he's like, you're wearing long socks and shorts. Like that's, you're not presenting very well. And it was no. like, oh, okay. Apparently you have to that's. present well. Yeah. You're not presenting well uh, like Poe and Justine do. Mm, mm. You're not presenting well. 
Yeah, very much so, very yeah. much so. I think it's worth noting um, that apparently that's important. The other thing I just want to note is... Um, uh, the other thing I just want to note is um, George, when he tasted the pig, or when he, when he tasted the pig and they talked about... I think this was much earlier in the episode. There was just at one point in reference to the pig, which has a sweet glaze, um, he said, this is a very bittersweet challenge. Bitter because someone has to go home. Sweet because the pig is quite literally sweet. <laughs> I missed that. I didn't get that part. Those weren't his exact words. <laughs> but he said the term bittersweet in reference to the bitter being an emotional issue and the sweet being a literal That's flavor. very fucking funny. It was um, very George. It's very good. Um, so Julie oh, and Justine man. have to go into the elimination challenge, right? And to win the elimination challenge, they have to cook something called Ho Fun Duck, which I thought was funny because it's called Ho oh, that Fun. That is very funny. Uh, noodles. And while and, they're and while they're doing this challenge, Sam and Andre um, get to get mass- massages together at a very close proximity. While they like, it was just very like honestly. If there is a way to go back and watch previous episodes, I don't think that there is unless you wait until like a Saturday at midday and they do like you know catch up tv um but if you ever can or ten play yeah or ten play try and go back to episode yeah yeah just go on ten play um they're uh, they expire in 11 months though anyway um go back to i think it was like episode 52 and watch um andre and sam get massages because it's just very funny that there's something very funny about two people in close proximity getting massages while talking um, about I it I, I can't say why uh, there's also an extra layer, like that you couldn't do something like that. I felt yeah. like that was. Yeah, um, um, I just think the idea of like getting a massage and talking to someone while you're getting the massage about how good the massage is is very funny. That's very true. It's like f- having a camera in your face and going, "How yeah. good is this massage?" So Justine is gone. She slipped up. Oh my goodness! She- you just jumped straight to Justine slipping. Yeah, up well, she is. That's what happened. They she cooked some duck noodles and now Justine's gone. It was a really boring episode, but she fucked up. Do you want to up. talk about the? Do you want to talk about the the duck noodles at all? There wasn't much to say. It was it was seriously like a basic stir fry that my mum would do, minus the duck. Like that was a bit. bit Just different, I, I think Jul, Julie put it really well when she said, um, "It's a lot like a sweet and sour you would have at home, but it's not out of a jar." That's yeah. why we love Julie. I mean, she's yeah. not going to win the thing, but it's very charming. Yeah, she's had her canton before, but now she doesn't have to do, use canton anymore because yeah. now she has traditional methods in which to make a sweet and sour duck stir fry. Mm. Um, so, yeah, they made a stir fry. Um, Justine over whipped her noodles in the stir fry, so they all broke up into itty bitty pieces. And because of that, stupid, arguably the judge's favourite. Mm. Is now out of the competition, and we get we have to say goodbye to Justine. And to be honest with you, the saddest thing about this is we'll probably never see her face on uh, afternoon television ever again. No, absolutely, I don't think we'll ever see her doing t- TV ever again. It's a real no. shame. I love Julie, but but uh, George Justine. did point out Justine. Oh gosh, <laughs> uh, George did point out. Um, you know, he said you've got a bright future ahead of you, and then he listed a whole bunch of things and sort of was skirting around something else. Yeah, so it was like weird. He was talented. like, he referred to her as, he's like, you are the full package. Mm. For the full pal- package. Talented, amazing chef, great palate, you know, like, like the full package. And it did seem like he was almost alluding to something. I don't know what it was. There was something um, else. Like, there was, he, he listed everything, every great quality about her, um, except for the fact mm. that she's quite attractive. Um, so I don't know what he was, um, trying to get to there. (laughs) Yeah. It was weird. It was weird. It's like, yeah. And I'd, I'd like to think that that's not what George was suggesting. No. Um, because he, because he never said it. You know what I mean? No. Yeah. But Justine's gone. She was upset. Um, but you know, it said in her after package, you know, Justine continues to pursue a, you know, a career in the culinary industry. And it's like, oh, good luck. Bless, like, bless you, bless, Justine. bless. You're gonna go the ways of all the all the contestants of yester year. What? <laughs> I'm fucking losing my mind. Okay, so 
And then that ends, and now we have what is essentially our final four, except that we have to insert back in young Julia and Greg Norman. Mm, yeah, no, so, so I can't remember either of those people, but I think it's good for them. I think this is still a good, uh, I think this was still a good thing for them that they well, got yeah, taken out of the competition for the well, bulk of it. Absolutely, it's definitely to their benefit. Um, but when they came back for the master, so in the master class, um, Gary and George invited Greg Norman and young Julia to come back and mm. watch the masterclass. And it was a good kind of reintroduction to who they are. You know what I mean? Like we finally got to see them again. It's like, oh, my God, it's the golfer and that young woman. And they're sitting you know I mean? there. Yeah, they yeah sit, and so and like it was good Greg to just Norman see them took a sit seat and somewhere watch. and then Julia sat next to Chris. It was really nice. Yeah, it was, it was very really nice. nice like, there. yeah, Greg Norman sat somewhere. I don't, I didn't note that, but I did like you know. And then Julia, she came in, she sat down next to Chris, and then they watched the masterclass together. It was very good. They were very good, and they, you know, the the judges said, "Oh, it, was, it must have been a pleasant surprise to see them come back into the competition." And then they went to a shot of Chris. He nodded. Yeah. So he was, yeah, yeah, it was a pleasant surprise to see his competitors. I suppose. Yeah, his competitors. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. And masterclass. Wow. What a, what a riveting, um, episode of masterclass this was, you know, we don't yeah. really give masterclass its full weight when we do these recaps. Sometimes we brush over it. Some mm. would say that it's odd for primetime television to have an unscored hour of, of, of essentially Huey's cooking adventures. <laughs> To a small audience of hopefuls. To a small audience of people that ask annoying questions. Yeah. Um, some would say that's not good television and not worth mm. a recap, but we love it and we recap the whole one, thing. This one was really, really great because what yeah. Gary did was he showed everyone how to make a fried rice. Mm. And that was pretty cool. Like a traditional uh, fried rice. Like this wasn't just any fried rice. This fried rice was a traditional fried rice. It had rice. It had mm. vegetables, it had egg and soy now, sauce. And we learnt that the trick to get to using a tofu is to put another meat in there with it. Yeah, exactly. And also the trick to uh, at making tofu taste good mm. is by adding things that taste good, mm. like flavours, mm. um, which blew my mind because who would have thought, you know what I mean, um, to add flavour to something if you want to have flavour. On it, um, and then what I thought was really cool is they brought uh, young Julia up to teach what she'd mm. learned, and she made pizzas. Mm. And that was pretty cool. That was um, pretty fun getting to watch her make a pizza. Yeah, um, yeah, she um, did a really good job. And what I learned from her was um, at the end, George was like, "Tell us the three things uh, that you need to make a good pizza, like your t- your top tips." And young Julia said, um, and I thought this was great. Like I wrote it down because I had no idea. She said, first you need to start with a dough. Mm. Um, and she goes, and then you need to add some ingredients that you like. Mm. And I, that had never occurred to me mm. when making pizza that I would need a base and ingredients. Mm. I just thought that that was like, she really has learnt so much. Absolutely, for yeah, sure. She's really learned so much and I, and a great I found that invaluable advice. I'll, I'll take that with me. Do you think you can put, this is just a random question, could you put tofu on a pizza? Ew. I don't think you should put tofu anywhere. Not yeah, when we gross. have this abundance of other things that we could use. Yeah, like you know yummy meat I mean? from wet markets. As long yeah. as there's wet markets, I think we're going to be okay. Yeah. As like and as like, I mean, there'll be there'll be wet markets as long as there's you know. Taking away wet markets seems almost as improbable as taking away something like being able to socialize with people. You know what I, I mean? What, yeah, I mean those two things. So like, are if the idea yeah. of taking away a wet market is mm. almost as crazy as thinking like maybe one day we won't be allowed out in public with more than one person. Okay, that's an odd thing for you to say, just generally. Yeah. But yeah. I don't see what a wet market, a wet yeah. market has to do with people not being able to go outside. I'm not suggesting that there's anything to do with the two things. It's not like, it's not like I'm suggesting that something like a wet market would create a problem that would mean that we would no longer be able to socialize or hang out with our grandparents or something. Mm. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, that would be a crazy. 
crazy. It doesn't make crazy any sense. Thing. It doesn't make any sense. Unless you're I'm talking about saying. some sort of Ashton Kutcher and the butterfly effect type situation. Mm. Yep, yep. That was a great film. I can't believe he wasn't nominated for any awards for that film. I used to love uh, Donnie Darko as a teenager and a lot of mm. like people would be like, if you liked Donnie Darko, you'll love... The butterfly, the butterfly effect. effect. It's funny you say that actually because I didn't like Donnie Darko, but I really liked the butterfly effect. But that's because I was a simple little bitch who didn't understand Donnie Darko. But the understanding of the butterfly effect made me think I was smart. Yeah, the butterfly <laughs> effect is really profound. But as I've since realised, you know, um, the reason I liked Donnie Darko was because I was smart. Yeah, I wasn't so smart. No, no, no. Um. um and then anyway, what else did we learn? Uh, George, uh, George cooked a pork and mm. um, I definitely didn't stop watching the episode at that point. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. No, yeah. Well, no, he did. If you, if, you, if you did tune out, Mish, he cooked the pork, um, taught them how to make a good pork. Again, thank God they've got George because um, it's not like they were in the uh, city that is famous for being, for having the best pork in the world. Yeah. <laughs> so it's good for them to go home to Sydney and learn how to cook pork from George. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, no, so that happened. Uh, and then they just had a feast, you know, and that's the beautiful thing. They always end, no matter how competitive it gets, they always end with a feast, um, which is really lovely. Uh, mm. and, um, and then Little Girl and Greg Norman went off to, to learn how to make pizza some more. Yeah. I think they're going to, I think they're, it, it really, to me, now that Poe is gone and then who is it? There's Justine's gone. Obviously, um, Ju- Julie won't be in the top, sort of in the final. So then, then it's left with Chris, Sam and who else? So we've got Chris, Sam, Andre. Chris, Sam, Andre. Wow, that's, that, that was the final. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> If you had asked me, if, if, if you had asked me at the start of this, and I'm talking yeah. genuinely at the start of this, uh, even with the idea that I had um, 10 years of memory on this, yeah. who was going to make it into the top five, yeah. six, seven, <laughs> I definitely wouldn't have said Sam and Andre. So there you go. Yeah, even, right. even if it, it had already happened 10 years previously. Well, if we're, okay, so I think it's fair that now we're at a stage where we can definitely make assumptions about who we believe the top three are going to be. Now, the way mm-hmm. I look at it is very, very clearly Greg Norman and young Julia yeah, had an girl, amazing yeah. advantage about – they had this amazing advantage of getting into the top three because they weren't there for the majority no. of, of the so, filming. So, so that obviously is an advantage because they weren't there to learn anything so Pete about Evans, how the competition works. Pete Evans was um, – was it Pete Evans, the the – handsome charming and completely sane man that lost to yes. um yes so that pete evans pete evans is the one who seems to really have it all together he's super inoffensive um yeah. you know what i mean Just like i i would do. i would want to be in an isolation situation with someone like pete evans yeah i would want him to be in charge of you know feeding my child yes um so Pete Evans, um, obviously when he lost to Ju- to the little girl, sorry, there's Justine, Julie, Julia, it's a little confusing, so let's just call mm. her little girl. Um, I don't see any <laughs> issue with doing that. It's not like no, she's... No, that's... Um, so little girl... <laughs> it's not like she's one. I'd like dating anyone on the show that would be... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> weird for me to call her little girl. Who is, who's notably older. Yes, so go on. <laughs> little girl is cooking, um, so she's now learning under Pete Evans. And if we've learned anything about this show, cooking in a line and like line, like being a line chef in a kitchen, uh, from those episodes where they do that is exactly the same as cooking an entire dish in an hour for presentation. So the fact that she's been working under him, Greg Norman, I'm sure is doing something similar. Uh, Or maybe he's just out hitting the, hitting the greens, but you know, he's getting his head in the game. Um, I think the fact that they're doing that and not, you know, competing and cooking whole meals within an hour, I think that's going to give them a significant advantage. I absolutely, absolutely. agree with you there, Mish. Yeah, um, I would say so. So, so my guess they're going to be in the top. Greg Norman. Two. Yeah, they'll be the top two. Greg Norman um, and little girl. Who's who's in, who's the third in the in the 
Of the contestants left, barring Julia, who mm-hmm. uh, who's going to be the number three? Um, look, I think that if Andre can present himself better, meaning mm-hmm. not wear shorts, mm. not wear long socks, uh, he mm-hmm. can present himself a little bit better and not make risotto out of champagne and strawberries, mm-hmm. um, yep. I think he's in with a very, very good shot. Um, very, very clearly, Julia, Julie Goodwin, mm. she's the next to go. This is my yep, guess. Julie Goodwin yeah. is the next to go. Um, I think if Sam, I think if Sam can demonstrate um, an ability to cook between yeah. now and then, he might be in yeah. with a chance. Well, yeah, um, I think if Sam, if Sam embraces food and you know, he clearly hates all food. So mm-hmm. um, maybe if he gets some form of therapy it's possible that he could do quite well um yeah or, or maybe the posturing will work the masculine posturing will get him over the line well it's 2009 so yeah it probably will it's got that will <laughs> yeah that will yes it will <laughs> it definitely will <laughs> um but that's my guess uh, yeah. is uh, it'll be the little girl greg norman and andre <laughs> yeah, i'm feeling very confident i think they're the ones that we're going to remember Um, I definitely think that, uh, I think that I can imagine in 10 years, if there were to ever be a best of, again, we've talked about this a little bit, I don't know why that's come into my head, but if there were to ever be a back coming back to win, I think that's what they could call it. MasterChef coming back into the game to win. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say it would either be little girl, Greg Norman, Andre, or Sam, those are the people I see. Yeah, they're the ones. Be- because I that's think that's going to be sure the top ones. three. I definitely see, and I see a final two yeah. of, yeah, Greg Norman and Little Girl. Or maybe yeah, Andre so and right. Little Girl. You're so right. Now, that's Zach, definitely going to gonna be the top two. I hate to cut this short, but I do feel like we need to end this podcast here because I have a full afternoon in front of me of um, visiting retirement villages and mm. having sex with people who have a bit of a cough. Yeah, um, I've got to, I've got to head I've got to head to a wet market after this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. Uh, I'm yeah, uh, yeah. I'm just preparing. A, um, so um, uh, I've got a date. I've got a date after this. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, um, and she's gonna come round, and I'm preparing preparing a delicious uh, dish of peng- pangolin, pangolin oh. and bat. Yeah. So. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah. Can you please can you please save me a portion? A portion um, of penguin? Yeah, yeah for sure. if you save me a portion of penguin and then you can give it to me the next time we go clubbing. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. You, bring, you bring the beers, I'll bring the meat. Yeah, <laughs> perfect. <laughs> <laughs> that's, so, that's so Mission Zach. That's <laughs> Zach so... loves a drink, Mish loves meat. Yeah, that's so us. Um, awesome. Thanks so much, Zach. Thanks for working this out with me and how to do this podcast the way we've always done it. In, in a studio. In 2009. In a studio. Um, and um, thanks to everyone who, uh, for some reason, we got this massive influx in the last three days of people demanding messaging. a next episode. Yeah, so thank you so um, much for getting in touch with us over the last three days telling days. us to make a new yeah. episode. It um, felt good have, to be loved. And it's yeah, good it to be really, back. Really, really nice. Um, it's good to but, be back yeah, after three really, days. It's really, really good to be back after three days. Um, but yeah, thanks so much for your support of this pod. It's pretty great. Um, and I just want to say it's because of your support that I spent four hours yesterday watching MasterChef. <laughs> um, could I just say thank you so much for your support? And I do just want to sort of start the conversation happening. Um, we have internally started a conversation about what a season two of, yeah. uh, of recaps with Mission Zach looks like. Um, whether that be movies or another TV show or American Idol Not season one. season two of, of MasterChef. I cannot stress enough. I'm not even going to pretend. I cannot stress enough how much Zach and I are not going to do season two of MasterChef Australia. Maybe season th- 12. <laughs> if they ever do, if they ever it's do a back possible. to win. But um, for but those you know, of you who are like, I can't wait for season two. I'm not even going to play around and be a bit of a tease and be a bit cute. Straight up, yeah. it's not happening. Zach and I will keep doing pods. We'll keep most likely recapping something, but it won't be MasterChef Season 2 for the love of all things holy. For the it's love not, of all things. <laughs> it uh, is but not if you, if going you do, to be MasterChef. So we, what, what it is, the way I'm going to set this up is we just found a big box of tapes with all our old podcasts 
and I reckon there'll be more tapes over the next 10 years. So let us know and we'll have a look and see if we recorded that podcast that year. So let us know what you think <laughs> you'd love to see us uh, um, recapping. But otherwise, we've still got another fucking 50 episodes of this fucking show to go. So <laughs> suppose we've got to um, do that. Yeah, probably. All right, that's enough. We'll see you guys later. Thanks, guys. Bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.